previously on My Best Friend's Journal. There was a neighborhood boy. He like lived on a little farm. And so I'd always tell my mom we were going over there to do like, like, you know, farm work. To plow. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd both be like, anyway, I'll see you later. Gotta, gotta go. The Jonas Brothers. Nick is the one that I find the sexiest. He's also the one that did the Calvin Klein underwear ad. Mm. Oh, want to sniff that fucking bulge. I bet you do. She also hates your director. So to be fair, we all did. He was terrible. Oh, he, I didn't hate him. He's a nice guy. Um, he just was bad at his job. We'll call him S is my roommate. He just like always was walking around in a jock strap. Oh, and like that's mm. September 23rd. Your wedding? No, bitch. <laughs> September 24th. Tomorrow. <laughs> you don't know my birthday or my anniversary and neither can you remember them when I tell you. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. Hello, Mikey. Hello, Father. Here I am at another day of quarantine. Uh huh. Great. <laughs> How's life on the compound, Boo? The compound. Cam's referring. I so I share our backyard with Michaela's parents. Their house is like a stone throw from ours, and we share a lot of amenities. And we've been spending a lot of time together. Share a lot of amenities. We use their amenities. <laughs> <laughs> there are common amenities. Um, you are you're in a quarantine compound. A quarantine compound. A compantine. Yeah. Com- compantine. Oh my I'm god! Work- get some, get another coffee. Work on that. <laughs> uh, but how are things down there? Things are good. Um, I feel I've actually been in a very good headspace. Um, I feel like my mind has actually been a little calmer. I feel like I've uh, just been looking at less, um, less screens, reading less news. Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it kind of I, I get the news I need to get. Honestly, no, it's um, a it's a good thing. You have to limit that, or else uh, there is a tipping point at which it becomes very unhealthy to just continue absolutely. reading those headlines and reading conjecture. There's only so many facts about it right now. You know. You know what? I actually think I hit that tipping point before the pandemic even started, and it took the pandemic for me to be like, "Whoa, step back." I was like, all I did was listen to news, and um, I. I don't know. It's been a good excuse to not. I'm reading some books right now. I'm trying to catch up on shows that everyone's talking about. Just like, you know, I need to be a uh, a good citizen, but also I need to enjoy my life a little bit. Yeah. I'm glad that you're finding that time right now. Uh, if not now, when? Because we are oh, lousy with time. That is my one of my favorite Incubus songs, If Not Now When. Oh, really? That guy's voice, Brendan Boyd. Oof, butter. You love some Incubus. You talked to me about him or about them very recently. It's honestly the straightest thing about me. Um, yeah. I wonder how. Do you have, do you beg to differ? What's straighter? <laughs> no, I mean that's. I, I was just trying to think as like Incubus exclusively straight, but I guess it probably is. They're pretty um, well. They have like kind of a, a screamo side and also like a good newer side. I don't know. It's good. 
it's it's a really it's really good pothead music like it's really excellent oh, like to like get what? high and listen to aqueous transmission i mean come yes on. aqueous i always say aqueous but i guess that's just a regionalism is it aqueous oh, i don't know by the way this is my best friend's journal oh shit yeah <laughs> I'm not even sure that we introduce this show every episode. I try to, though, at least within the first five minutes. You know what? We have, I think, for at least the last, like, 25 episodes, maybe the beginning we didn't. But the theme song kind of introduces it. If you get through the theme song and you're unsure what you're listening to, then, like, you got to check something out. That's true. Uh, This is Cam, though. Though. Yeah, that's Cam. Sorry, guys. I'm Mike. (laughs) (laughs) And this is my best friend's journal. Yeah, this is our second week recording remotely. Uh, And uh, I got to say, I loved last week's episode. I had really, I had so much fun recording it with you. It's very much like normal sitting in the same room. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is so easy. I don't even have to wear pants. I would prefer if you did, however, (laughs) as he stands up and helicopters the screen. (laughs) (laughs) That would not be the most shocking behavior our listeners have been exposed to. That's true. It wouldn't be the most shocking behavior for the listeners, but like that would be quite shocking of you to actually do to me. We talk a lot more bullshit than we physically do to each other. Yeah, that's uh, that's that would be crossing a line in this year friendship. (laughs) Absolutely. So I know you've been living kind of a hectic life right now. Uh, You got a lot going on. And uh, just, you know, checking in. How are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, I'm good, actually. I should I I'm trying to maintain a little bit of perspective in this. And I think that I would be doing worse if I weren't so busy, uh, to be Hmm. really honest with you. So I am uh, I'm going to take this as a blessing in disguise, as the religious like to say. Uh, we are in the middle of a move. Um, so as everyone knows, Peter came back last week in a hurry from Australia. We thought we were going to be in our house until the shelter-in-place order was lifted. However, apparently movers in real estate are still considered essential and can still operate. And uh, the deal for our house is going through on schedule. So That's good uh, news. I mean, it is good news. Um, however, we are having to... Um, pack up and get out of our house, you know, right in the middle of all this craziness and find a place to go. Uh, long story short, we have a friend who runs an Airbnb out in the desert and here in California. Um, and because no one's traveling right now, it's wide open for the next month. And so we, uh, have booked her place for a month. We're going to go shelter in place, uh, out in the desert. <laughs> so all of our <laughs> stuff is going into storage. Us and the dogs are packing up in the cars and we are getting the hell out of Dodge. So that is pretty exciting, honestly. It um, is. And it's nice we... that you've got that place. The desert sounds like a lovely place to kind of have some peace and isolation. Yeah. I told one of my friends that we were going to Joshua tree for uh, a month, you know, not the national park cause that's closed, but the, the area. And she was like, it's pretty much like you're going on a month long retreat. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's a great way to think about that yeah i'm gonna just think of it as like a a, an isolation retreat with the family um so everything at home has been so hectic uh with with trying to i keep saying that word and it's just i'm gonna keep saying it because it's the only word i know to describe it but trying to coordinate all these things uh you know all the bullshit that goes along with selling a house and then also uh moving stuff into storage and preparing to maybe someday move to australia it is all just it's so many logistics but um once we get to the desert, we're going to be in someone else's house that's furnished with stuff that's not ours, and I'm not going to have a thousand projects all of a sudden, and that is going to be a very weird, like, screeching halt mm-hmm. to the, the the way that my daily life is going at the moment. So don't exactly know how that's going to go, but, um, 
you know, I've been already been reading more. I've been reading more. You read so much. How are you reading anymore? Uh, I have been forcing myself to read before bed every night. It gets me off my phone mm. um, and it helps me quiet my mind. Uh, I sleep so much better. I go to sleep so much easier if I read until my eyes get tired. Does that make sense? <gasps> yes, it does. The other night I could not sleep and I just, I was like standing around, literally standing in the living room and I was like, I don't want to watch TV. I don't want a snack. I don't want to drink. I don't want pot. What the fuck should I do? And I was like, oh, there's a stack of beautiful unread books I have over here. And I grabbed one you gave me for Christmas, uh, Gentleman in Moscow, which I had started forever ago and just didn't uh, pick back up. And then I got back into it and it's so fucking beautiful. And I'm like, yes, enjoy this. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on the uh, same page as you. That's actually a really good uh, recommendation for anyone to read right now because it's about a man <laughs> who is quarantined in a hotel for his entire life. Yeah. And I can't speak. I'm only on like, I don't know, um, maybe a third through the book at this point. It's like a beautiful isolation. It's not like, because I wouldn't suggest reading it if it was like, here are the horrors of isolation. <laughs> he He's basically imprisoned in a hotel, but he is, um, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, he's a political prisoner um, uh, after the revolution in, in Russia. Uh, yeah, it's it's very fascinating to read, and I, um, I recommend it. So, yeah, I've just been, uh, you know... I, I, in addition to trying to read uh, to calm my mind and stay busy during the day out of necessity, um, I think I've just been doing what everyone else is doing, which is a ton of FaceTime. We mentioned it last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, have been seeing a lot of friends, a lot of family. Uh, I was actually FaceTiming with my sister-in-law the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, we we were doing our weekly debrief on this here podcast. Debrief? Uh, and de- <laughs> <laughs> debrief! <laughs> LOL. Yeah, so relevant to what I'm about to say. Um, so... As I've mentioned on here, every time I mention my uh, desire to sniff a bulge, I get a text message from her like the next week when she's listening to the podcast. Uh, usually just her going, no. <laughs> she What's wrong so with her? Gross. Lean in, she bitch. Is, it's... Sorry, you're not a bitch. I just mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way I speak. She knows. <laughs> it doesn't translate to straight girls all the time. It just doesn't. Um, <laughs> she... Uh, she was re- referencing uh, us talking about Nick Jonas a couple episodes ago uh-huh. and how oof, oof. fucking hot that Calvin Klein ad was. Makes your dick drool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that. Um, and so she she texted me uh, and then we had to um, have a conversation about the fact that uh, I really wanted to sniff that bulge. Mm-hmm. And I sent her the photo. I was like, tell me you don't want to sniff this bulge. And she was like, actually, that's a really fucking hot picture. I do. I, I don't necessarily want to sniff the bulge, but I do love those little, uh, those little divots there in his hips. And I, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you mean his cum gutters? <laughs> <And> she was <laughs> like, how dare you? How dare she She's be not, offended? That is the term. She wouldn't. She wouldn't repeat it. But that is, that's funny. Maybe that's just a gay thing. No way. I heard it from straight people before I heard it from gay people. Honestly, that's cum gutters. <laughs> I feel like straight girls say it all the time about their like hot rip boyfriend. I didn't think anything of it. I've just heard that term so many times. But uh, it is pretty fucking gross if you've never heard it before. I mean, I guess um, it's either the, it's either cum gutters or just a. a, a Come trough in your belly button. <laughs> Come trough is new. <laughs> I definitely um, have more of a cum trough than cum gutters. That's fair. Um, well, you know, I I remain committed to uh, my sister in law's education, as it were. You sure do. Actually, I'm I'm very sorry. I almost sent you a really beautiful gif of a guy like rubbing his face against a really really hot bulge behind some behind some white Calvin's. Um, 
and I didn't because I was like, I feel like I only ever send you offensive stuff. But now I'm like, you could have sent this to your sister and it would have been a whole thing. Um, but I, 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 I am it. so mad that you didn't send me that gif. What the fuck? What kind of friend are you? <laughs> Not a good one. <laughs> but that's been made very clear. <laughs> um, speaking of education, Cam and I have been uh, treating ourselves to some lovely gay content because if we're going to be consuming so much, a lot of it might as well be gay. And I feel like there's still so much... Obviously, there's so much stuff we haven't seen or heard or read or whatever. So we've been chatting and decided it would be fun if we started um, focusing on some gay. If we just now started focusing on some gay stuff, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) What if we did this podcast, but we made it like kind of gay, right? Like, I feel like we should own that. You know, we just we're not being ourselves. (laughs) LOL. No, we're going to try and consume some gay content and uh, share the best of on here. Yeah. So uh, this is a new segment for uh, for at least the duration of quarantine, but we'll see how long it goes. Uh, We are going to challenge each other to consume some gay content every week. uh, And we we can't consume cock like we'd like. uh, Well, speak for yourself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) To further our education and yours, um, because my education is really lacking in some areas. Uh, There are some classic movies, some classic books. I have not read, uh, and I should do better. So if not now, when? If not now, when indeed. (laughs) So this all kind of spurred from this first one on the list. Um, It was a movie we were able to watch together the last time we were together before quarantine. Miss you. (laughs) He's right there. Um, And it's God's Own Country. Yes! We knew we wanted to watch something gay, and so I looked up a list of like top 50 gay movies. Uh, and I looked up a list of top 50 gay porns. <laughs> <laughs> he watched those after I went to bed, uh, all 50. Um, but I was scrolling through this list, and there was one uh, that I had never heard of, and it was God's Own Country. Um, looked it up. It uh, saw that it had won a ton of uh, awards at film festivals in like 2017. Yeah. Um, it's a British film. And uh, so it's a few years old, uh, but it is. It was described as a British Brokeback Mountain without all the um, uh, without all the closeted angst, the gay shame. Yeah, it, that's a very good way of putting it. Without all the gay shame. And so I said, that sounds great. You know, I love a farm story. For um, anyone who hasn't heard of it, like us, real quickly, um, it is basically about a um, farm boy and oh my god, it's about Cam. It's about a farm boy in England um, who. He's like not really happy with his life. He keeps going off and having kind of um, anonymous sex with guys around town. And then a, um, a new farmhand comes from Romania, hired by his uh, father, who is had a stroke recently and is unable to work on the farm. So the new farm boy comes to help with the situation. You get where it's going. The two guys get together. It's a slow process. Eventually, they find each other physically. They do. In a biblical way. <laughs> <laughs> they do find each other. Uh, and it's really interesting because um, the main character, the English guy, is almost completely unredeemable. Um, he has uh, some serious internalized homophobia, which is the only homophobia that we see in this whole movie, which is kind of beautiful. It is amazing. It's it's amazing. It's very much unlike Brokeback Mountain in that there's no societal pressure for these guys to be straight. Yeah. It is um it that is a complete non-issue um the issue is that this guy's kind of a dick he is he is a has-been who uh you know all of his friends left town and went to college and he stayed and worked on his dad's farm and he is unhappy alcoholic uh Mm -hmm. just kind of a nasty human and a sweet mild-mannered uh man comes in his life and and really shows him what it means to be intimate oh yeah well put um it's actually that is my only 
qualm with the movie <laughs> is that I don't believe that this beautiful human who comes, I think he's Romanian, he um, comes and takes a liking to this guy. And I'm like, eh, I, that the guy seems so unlikable that I'm like, who would ever love you? <laughs> I, well, I think it. I think part of the the beauty of this is that it starts with just them being a little bit sex starved. I think mm. both of them like they they get a vibe. They both like realize that like there's there's something going on there, and they're both needing it physically. Um, and then it morphs into something something deeper um as these things are want to do sometimes after a physical connection is made um and one thing that we both really loved about this movie um the fact that the physical attraction between them the chemistry between these two actors Mm -hmm. is remarkable so good okay let me say it takes a lot for me to really buy an on-screen kiss Mm -hmm. and i was dying for it to happen in this movie they like take their time making it happen they build it they earn it it is so good and the reward is so worth the wait it is and both of these guys um while they are reasonably fit and attractive dudes they're not the um they're not like the gay porn ideal of hot gay dudes they're not like super ripped they're not like like trimmed body hair like you know big pecs and bleached asshole kind of guys (laughs) they're like they're not like me <laughs> Not like Mike, um, but they are. They look like regular humans, um, and that is so attractive to me. Yeah, I find that like so much more attractive than like the perfect ideal Adonis kind of uh, bodybuilder situation. You were having uh, some kind of feels during that. I feel like it was um, stirring something within you. I feel like you especially were um, attracted to that like farmer natural look because you got a history. That's. I mean, that's where. That's how I learned. The, how you learned what? The, I, that, <laughs> it. So that's how I learned it all. Um, it was, uh, yeah. I found it honestly very, very sexy. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a farm boy fantasy. I feel like that is kind of a porn trope. But this is how I, um, how I learned that I was gay. You know, um, I, I've talked about the neighbor before. Um, and the guy who bent you over a hayloft. He did not bend me over a hayloft. Do you know what a hayloft is? Uh, a loft with hay. <laughs> One cannot be bent over oh, it. Oh, it's like the loft in the barn where the hay is on top. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he yeah. bent you over some a pile of a bale of hay on on the hill the bale hay loft. Ooh, that's tough. Farm lingo. Yeah, that is tough and also also incorrect. But I'm gonna just leave it there. You can go back and listen and retell yourself that story. I'm not telling it again. I remember it so vividly, but I feel very vulnerable. We were in a hay loft. I love camp fucking in a barn stories. <laughs> I thought you were going to say hayloft, 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 hayloft. Sorry, that's what I meant. Hayloft, 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 hayloft. Please, if it's your first time and you're unsure, find a barn. Get in a barn. Get a folding chair. Um, I did feel some kind of way, though, because there's this um, there's this real push and pull with this internalized homophobia. And um, there's this this palpable kind of struggle between physical intimacy and actual intimacy in this movie where these two characters one of them is very open to being intimate emotionally and the other one's completely closed off emotionally he wants to fuck and get out of there Mm -hmm. and there's like strict no kissing like this isn't going to be romance this is going to be fucking yeah and that spoke to me because that's how I mean, that's how both me and the neighborhood kid were for a long time. Wow. Except I I do remember this one moment and this is, this is a a moment that is shameful and also kind of painful to think about, but, um, it is, I think it was probably very formative for both involved. Uh, there was one time when we were in the middle of 
sex and this guy looked at me and said i love you and i completely balked and i said no you don't <gasps> and he was like oh oh yeah yeah you're right you're right i don't i don't oh my um, god <laughs> and then we never talked about it again it it stayed exactly what it was like completely non-emotional the completely whole time? like this the, uh, for for the rest of time oh my god and i to this day i believe i mean i remember it so much i remember the look in his eyes like i kicked puppy oh my god. like he like he was older than me he was like the he, he was being so vulnerable in that moment and i was like absolutely not ready to hear that and i How think old were you? i was probably like 14 or 15 okay and he was uh and he was like a couple years older than me and he was like emotionally probably a little bit more ready to think like oh this could be i was not yet ready to come out or or pretend like i had or or to even uh to to say love makes it less sex it's yeah i i wasn't ready to consider the fact that it could be more than just physical i just wasn't ready Mm -hmm. um and so like I, i feel like i pushed him I shoved him back into the closet so hard in that moment that to this day, I don't think he, he, I think that was formative for both of us. He's um, married and, to a woman, right? Oh yeah. With kids. Um, that's and, not okay. To be clear, that's not on you. It's just like, absolutely no, no, no. Not I, I know it's not on me. Um, I just think that that could have been a moment that that, that could have been formative in a different way. And I, all I did was instead of being gentle with him, which is obviously the the kind, like generous thing to do in that yeah. moment, I was not ready. I was not mature enough to do that. And so I just shoved him the other way as far as I could. I mean, you couldn't um, have. And- you, you were 14. You were figuring it out yourself. Like it's just to look back with the, the wisdom you have now is just unfair. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, thank you for that, uh, for saying that, but it was it, this movie, it, it brought back a lot of that stuff to me. This, like this real struggle to, um, to like be open enough with another man to, to let it go beyond the physical and into the emotional, especially yeah. in a, in like a, a very blue collar kind of gruff mm-hmm. heteronormative masculine world. Um, before I let this go too far, you did say you felt like you had kicked a puppy um, to this this little farm boy who you <laughs> shoved back in the closet, um, which reminds me of probably the most entertaining moment of the evening. <laughs> so at one point, they are helping a sheep give birth to a lamb. The lamb comes out dead. <laughs> and uh, Cam, what happened next? <laughs> Uh, he like vigorously like rubs this lamb and like re revives it. Uh, like he, because the, the lamb comes out and it's not breathing. It's not like dead. It looks uh, but super dead, but yeah, it looks super dead, but it's not breathing. Um, and he rubs it and like brings it close to the fire and gets it warm. Um, and like kind of brings it back to, he, he revives it. He resuscitates the baby lamb. And Mike was like, you can do that. Just like, I guess if Mike were there, he would be like, nope, <laughs> this one's, this one's stew. <laughs> it's just fully vegan, but, um, I definitely would be scrolling on my phone. Like you it's too late. It's too late. You wouldn't try to help it at all. What? So you think if a baby comes out and it's not breathing, the doctors are just like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, you clear the airway, you get it. You might have to like, you know, resuscitate sure, it. Sure. I've way, never, but, like, yeah. I don't have much experience with this. And to be fair, the lamb looked super dead. It was lying on the ground, lifeless. And they like, I don't know. They weren't quick to action. It didn't really seem like a moment when they could have saved its life. So I told Mike, uh, someone told the story of a, a puppy. Sorry for the interruption. Quick note just to say that Cam realized afterward that that someone was David Sedaris. Back to his story. 
someone's family dog had given birth to a litter of puppies and one of them came out and it wasn't moving and, and it seemed like it was dead. And so the woman, um, the, the mother or grandmother in this situation, she actually turned on the oven onto low onto like a hundred degrees and, uh, and put a puppy in like a little loaf pan and just warmed it up and kept it warm. And, uh, sometimes they just need a little bit of warmth and a little bit of time to, to start breathing. And she, she rubbed it and then kept it warm and the puppy survived. So (laughs) what I hear is that a woman put a potentially dead puppy (laughs) in an oven in, in a pie pan, uh, <laughs> hoping to revive it, and then um, Cam consoled me and said, "Don't worry." Uh, I just said, "If it if it didn't work, you could always just cr- slowly crank up the heat and enjoy a nice puppy pot pie." <laughs> uh, anyway, that's enough uh, movie chatter. But that was it's a good one. I really recommend it. It's very gay. It's very blue collar. It's very English. It's a lot of uh, it, it's a lot of things all at once. It's gorgeous yeah and you know what Um, it has a happy ending which is so rare to find in these kind of cinematic gay films it's always about the gay shame it's always about the tragic ending but it's like lovely it's really um yeah it's joyful at the end i said that was enough movie chatter but uh, one more thing my own experience kept popping up i just kept assuming these guys were going to get beat up or excommunicated (laughs) or Uh shamed by their families for being gay literally every time there was a scene change i'm like oh this is where it's happening this is where the awful hate crime is going to happen mike was like you need to calm down every time he met someone new he's like gonna kill him gonna shoot him gonna beat him up (laughs) (laughs) that's just i've been socialized to think that in um any kind of uh, you know gay movie there's going to be some sort of awful either a hate crime or someone's going to die of aids yeah and that's not what this movie was about that was gay movies for 20 years i think it's been it's gotten better and better that's what i love so much about call me by your name it's not a joyful ending but again it's not about the shame at all it's just yeah. a relationship <laughs> it is not a fucking joyful ending <laughs> that slow shot of tears oh. in the fireplace oh my god that uh. shot i i could sit there and watch you know when we're done with this i'm gonna <laughs> youtube t chalamet staring at a fireplace and watch that <laughs> four hours <laughs> for four hours uh all right mike before we get into the journal though we have missed an important part of this intro and that is gayest moment of the week <gasps> gay 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 cam what was your gayest moment um my gayest moment was so fucking gay um saturday night peter and i were uh, drinking wine and we well first of all we started the evening by watching bridesmaids and playing scrabble which was so fun it's that's um, a perfect night and after that we had like uh we finished a bottle of wine and we just weren't ready to go to bed and peter was like just pick something else to watch let's just sit and watch another movie and so i'm looking through all the movies available on hbo streaming and um i was in a very open place i was like you know what whatever whatever tickles my fancy i'm just gonna mm-hmm. push play first thing i saw was the 1969 version of Hello Dolly starring <gasps> Barbara Streisand. Oh, oozing homosexual. The seminal version. Seminal? Oh my God. Seminal. Like from context, I gather that you mean like the, you know, the definitive or the quintessential, but I've never heard the word seminal. Uh, that is exactly what it, or, what it means. Um, it, <laughs> I just looked up the definition. <laughs> And it is, I mean, yeah, it's what you said. Okay. Um, however, the second uh, definition of that word is relating to or denoting semen. <laughs> <laughs> this was the seminal version of Hello, Dolly. Um, it was, it is just, it is so gay. There's something about musical cinema from like the 60s and 70s that is like, 
it's amazing how gay something so mainstream was allowed to be without calling it gay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everyone just like dancing around Barbara Streisand and these elaborate sets. And it's, uh, it, you know, it's this whole, it was so gorgeous. Her performance is so insane. She's far too young for that role. It's oh supposed God, to be yeah. like a pastor prime woman. And she's like 25 or something. Yeah. It's nuts. Out. She's like young and gorgeous. And there was this scene where it's like the hello Dolly scene when they're in the restaurant mm-hmm. and she's with Louis Armstrong and that like mm. 20 seconds of, uh, of film with Barbara and Louis Armstrong. It's so fucking perfect and peter and i were just like screaming at the tv i was going iconic like i was so <laughs> impressed i just couldn't get over yes, it. i was come just through, come uh, through. <laughs> exactly exactly it was and then we both looked at each other and just cracked up because it was so fucking gay we were like it was like a like a touchdown you know <laughs> we just, mm, well i think you're, you're mixing things up here but yeah, yeah I'm just <laughs> my dad screams at the tv when the colts make a touchdown i scream at the tv when barbara streisand sings with louis armstrong <laughs> when barbara streisand makes a touchdown one quick other uh, like tidbit about this whole hello dolly movie that i had no idea um the guy that plays barnaby his name is danny lockin and he is a really really good dancer and so i was like man this guy i just assumed that he was gay because he's pretty gay on screen um and so i just looked him up wanted to see you know what he went on to do after this uh he went on to eight years later to die by hate crime he was oh my God. um he was violently murdered after going to a gay bar he was stabbed a hundred times um <gasps> and left for dead it was shocking to oh read my God. um Where? this guy I, I i went um in somewhere in california holy fuck. i went on uh, i read about his career his entire career was centered around hello dolly he did ethel merman he did uh so he wasn't gay after was, all if he did <laughs> ethel merman stop it he did like every major production of hello dolly he did betty grable ginger rogers uh phyllis diller like he Whoa. did all the big ones um okay. and yeah then like later on um in life he um he divorced his wife, LOL, um, and then went after after he left a, a gay bar uh, one night. He went home with the wrong guy who brutally murdered him, which is so fucking awful and something so really shocking to read about when you're watching this like happy, oh my God. Uh, this like you know amazing actor and and dancer on screen just like really filling up a scene and then uh, no longer. That's atrocious. Honestly, this feels like a. Um, like a different podcast it's like my favorite murder or my favorite hate crime perhaps my uh, favorite hate whole... crime oh my god <laughs> is that any worse than my favorite murder i love that podcast but the name could be taken the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> that's true i don't know do you want to start my favorite hate crime <laughs> i really don't okay then we'll skip that portion of the evening <laughs> uh will you tell me what your gayest moment was my dear friend um so apologies in advance the way my gay gayest moments used to be all about work now they're going to be all about life here because you know my gayest moments come from the life i live you gotta draw on the only experience you're allowed to have right now um so by law i saw hello dolly on hbo because i was doing the same thing and i couldn't convince michaela and kick to watch it um but then i got in a babs mood so i put on um my man what an amazing freaking song you know that song no It's just so Barbara. It's amazing. Anyway, I just played it like in the background and all of a sudden like conversation stopped and the three of us are all just like listening to it. And we were all like, (gasps) like getting (laughs) raptured by (laughs) Barbara's got away. And then because they wouldn't let me watch it, I continued with this theme and I put on the trolley song just to be kind of an asshole. Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. (laughs) 
Judy Barber, they're related. Sure. They're not literally related, everyone, just so you know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, kick. I just played two songs you probably didn't want to hear, so now you have five seconds. Pick a song you want me to play, and if you don't pick it for me in five seconds, I'm going to put something else on that you're also going to not like. And he was like, fine, I want to hear that song again. So he put the trolley song back on. (laughs) So it was like a solid 10 minutes of clang, clang, clang with the trolley. (laughs) He's always down to clown. I love that guy so much. Down to clown. I love that. So cute. He's so funny. Um, Okay. Can we get into your journal now? Please. Let's do it. Ding, ding, ding with the bell. Ding, ding, ding went my heart strings from the moment I saw him I fell. All right, so we're back into it. Uh, we are in uh, the third week of September 2014, September 22nd to be exact. Mikey, yeah. care to recap us? Still in rehearsal for my newest ship. I'm now vocal captain, so all of a sudden I'm like breaking up fights and stuff that is <laughs> not necessarily what I thought my job was going to be. So fun. Okay, so September 22nd, 2014. Ran Swing and Abfab. Uh, all but the opening of Swing went well. Uh, Starbucks with DC and, um, you know, we were calling this guy S earlier, but um, from henceforth, he shall be known as Jockstrap. <laughs> Jockstrap it is. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that I wrote All But the Beginning of Swing City went well because that beginning was like consistently a disaster. It started a cappella with a singer who like didn't have. <laughs> oh, no. Average lead singer? Uh, started with average lead singer, yeah. I don't want to like... Oh, I hate shit talking to people. And it, it just... She just had a hard time with this. It was kind of a hard thing. It was like a jazzy tune. It started a cappella, and she's the one starting it, and I join her. But I'd always be like, okay, what key are we going to end in? Because I got to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And wait, did a track come in under yeah, you at some point? Yeah, so I, then I oh, was like, no. I have to make a decision. So I either need to come in and clash with her for like eight bars and then get us into the right key or be with her during acapella and then have all of us adjust together when the track comes in. It's, it was painful. Um, it don't mean a thing. Oh, sorry. It don't mean a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. She didn't even know the melody. <laughs> so tragic. Uh, for anyone who's never sung live on stage before, uh, acapella openings to songs are awful because if an instrumental track, if an instrumental track or instruments are ever going to join you, if someone gets you off key then it is a full train wreck as soon as the music starts painful. so so painful not just that but so <laughs> we do the she starts it i come in a couple bars later and then the two other singers join when the track joins and it is when it is wrong it is a cacophony of wrong it is so painful <laughs> a cacophony of wrong episode time that's it <laughs> Uh, oh, that also reminds me, um, we got hate mail from one of our gay listeners <gasps> this week. Did we? One of our listeners uh, reached out to let us know that um, it was very hurtful to say that people might not know who Laura Benanti is. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, if you're not a musical theater gay, you don't know who she is. And no. not everyone that listens is. So I get it. A lot of people do know. But I have to keep, I have to throw in those nuggets of truth for people that don't know who these obscure musical theater starts are. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, I agree. That's, I stand by that. Sorry, listener. You're wrong. You're all kinds of cacophony are wrong. <laughs> um, okay. So after Starbucks with, uh, DC and Jockstrap, you, um, <laughs> you said, I'm excited to start ITD tomorrow. Invitation to dance. It's the one based on Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, gotcha. 
ITD tomorrow. Um, oh, it's the same show as Danzare. Oh, really? It's identical. They called it a different name for a different ship and like put one different number in it maybe, but it's identical. And this time I'm singing Case part. Oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. After all the whole rigmarole we went through with Denzare mm-hmm. last year, um, Surge is here. So I moved into Jockstrap's room. <laughs> um, who's Surge? Surge is the uh, Russian ballroom dancer and his contract gives him his own room. So um, he okay. so that forced me into a room with Jockstrap. <laughs> Just you and a jockstrap hanging out in a room. Uh, September 23rd, rehearsal from 9 to 10.30. I'm disappointed it wasn't from 9 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the musical bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, 9 to 10.30, an hour and a half. That was my work day? I'm working 9 to 10.30. Um, <laughs> a way to make, I guess, some of a living. <laughs> uh, walked home in the rain, napped, worked on ITD, Um DC got me Starbucks. Um, you watched Terminator Three at night. You made squash fries with uh, with Boy Two. Oh, um, so Boy and Girl Two here are vegan, and I started going vegan with them. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's we're we're on the cusp of veganism. Max on the edge of vegan. <laughs> September twenty fifth, ITD rehearsal. Feel bad when people are rude to the director. He's lonely. Oh, oh. was he? Yeah, I forgot that he. Um, so these directors also come from mostly from New York and from other you know cities just to come. They have a contract to gig just like us, um, and I think he just didn't have like friends around. He's kind of a strange guy, and like he was really really nice. Um, he just didn't. Uh, he wasn't a great director. And I made that fucking perfectly clear. But also we had a. <laughs> my cast of singers weren't like particularly nice to him either. Everyone was getting frustrated because he was very difficult to like. It was difficult to endure a rehearsal led by him, but I did feel bad for him at this point, and I forgot about that. You then bought food for Potluck and watched Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Gonna make crab dip and, quote, fall casserole. Quote. This is so Mike, because you watched Hocus Pocus, and you're gonna make a fall-themed dish. You love, like, things that are of the moment. Oh. Does that make sense? Like, That's like, it, lovely. Uh, Halloween, you only want to watch Halloween content. At Christmas, you want to watch Christmas content. You want to make food. You want to like really surround yourself and wrap yourself in the moment. That's like a very you thing to do. Yeah, I would say that's on that's on brand. That's as you lick your coffee. Don't lick the cup. It was dripping. My mouth has already been all over this goddamn cup. Yeah, not the sides of it. I, I didn't lick the side. I licked the lid. <laughs> I lick the lid. You lid liquor. <laughs> you lid liquor. Um. Yeah, so this is why I brought up the vegan thing because um, the two of them were vegan and I was like, oh, I want to make some, if I'm making a crab dip, I want to also make something that's going to be vegan. So I made like a a fall casserole because it's just lots of good hearty stuff that is inherently vegan, you know? Sure. Um, Before we move on to the next day, I want to say that this is September 25th um, and our, Peter and I got married on September 24th, a couple years later. Happy birthday. So it's all... (laughs) fuck off it's all in the same spread but i uh i looked down the page um and it's it's really nice it's a sweet uh entry about our wedding day um but you i i just noticed you squeezed in a few words at the very end of that entry and it was that um my ex who was at the wedding that you were hanging out with was drunk (laughs) which is notable because he doesn't get super drunk very often but when he does you know it (laughs) also like you know, he he is your ex and he was at your wedding, so fair. Get a little drunk. <laughs> that, that's 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 super fair. You made the trip to come to your ex's wedding. You should get as drunk as you want to be. <laughs> September 26th, singing more, ITD, potluck dinner, exclamation food. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did that? Are you okay? 
I I started reading the next line while I was still talking. Exclamation food. <laughs> the next line is food came out great. <laughs> Some yummy food. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, food came out great. So overstuffed. Full cast hung out. Very fun. That's a lovely time. Hmm. I can tell. Generally, I maintain that this was like a really lovely cast. We had a lot of fun bonding time together. That's great. A little jealous. That sounds like a potluck right now in this Uh, time of (laughs) isolation. Sounds so nice. Like, can we just get together and eat food? You know what? We're actually, uh, we um, drove all of our cars into our backyard here and set up a screen and been having drive-in movies. (laughs) Drove all of of our cars into the other cars and did a full roller derby. (laughs) It was so fun. We're doing monster truck rally. It's like homemade and great. That's what I meant when I said roller derby, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got you. That's, oh man, you gay. You super gay. Demolition Derby. Demolition Derby. That's what it yes. is. Is it a monster truck rally, like a pep rally? No, yeah, it's a monster truck rally, but that's when they like drive, you know, and do like crazy stuff. They don't like run into each other. Mm. So you didn't do Demolition Roller Monster Truck Derby? <laughs> None of those things, but we drove the cars into the backyard. They have kind of a big um, empty dirt lot right now that their kick's kind of working on to whatever. He's landscaping. He's landscaping. While kick's landscape. So we just drove over all of his hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we set up a projector and watched a movie and we're going to do that again tonight and we're all going to potluck it. So uh, that's, that's why this is related. Oh, shut up. That's so fun. So fun. That is Uh, honestly like I'm fully well aware. I'm in a very privileged position right now and I'm very grateful for it. So is this the way you can all hang out, but keep your distance? Yeah. So Michaela kick and I are in one house and her parents are in another. And the five of us are all have all been interacting since before the quarantine start. So we all, Entered it together, but the sisters, one came from New York City and one came from Berkeley. So they are in their own little like quarantined areas. So we're not interacting with them. So a way that we can include them in events is by doing stuff like an outdoor drive-in. That's honestly very sweet. So um, they're like what? For two weeks, they're not like interacting with you guys? Yeah, the, um, there's an RV and like the uh, separate little like place for both of them to um, sleep in so they're kind of stuck doing that for a couple weeks and Michaela's mom to make sure it's not torture is like really trying to do fun activities because that's tough yeah it is tough it's sweet that they get to be here though yeah um so that is our way of handling the sitch fabulous September 27th you blocked act one of invitation um, you watched Kill Bill with DC and someone who I don't know. Um, who is this person? Um, another dancer in the cast. And I think him and DC were starting a little romance. So I was happy to be there oh. to, to get right in the middle of that. Oh, can I call him straight dancer? <laughs> no, because they're all straight dancers. <laughs> oh, God, that's so confusing. Yeah, I mean, is, is that not clear enough? We watched Kill Bill, Terminator. Like, obviously, I'm with straight people. That is actually very fair. Um, okay, what what are we going to call this guy? A nondescript white dude. <laughs> okay, I will call him Steve. Um, so you, uh, sure. watched, <laughs> you watched Kill Bill with DC and Steve. Everyone drove home and Jockstrap flew to New York. <laughs> By itself? <laughs> Get a seat on the plane? Uh-huh. What would you do if you sat down in a plane and next to you was just a jock, <laughs> jockstrap on a seat? <laughs> I'm imagining like a cute little cartoon jockstrap with like floating eyeballs, you know? Hi. <laughs> Sniff me, Cam. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Wear me like a gas mask. Oh. Ooh. It's <laughs> 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 extracted. <laughs> What's that from? There's a... Is that Little Children? It is Little Children where he like... Uh, Kate Winslet's husband 
buys some underwear online and she like catches him masturbating with it like on his face and he's inhaling it like it is a gas mask. I have uh, never seen Little Children. And you call yourself a Kate Winslet fan. How dare you? I love her, but there's a lot of her oeuvre that I've never seen before. Her what? Um, so oeuvre is a French word. It just means like the, um, the works of a, an artist. Oh. So like the oeuvre of Mozart is like his, his collected works. Got it. There's a lot of these kind of words in this book I'm reading right now. It's obviously a cam book. I'm just, it's making me realize how unintelligent I am. I'm like, okay, beef up that vocab boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like you were were talking about like that vocab boy Ooh, needed to get beefed up. That vocab boy. That's funny. Oh, why don't you beef me up sometime? <laughs> hey. It was a Mae West and Cher combo. Couldn't be gayer. Oh, um, Lord. Oh, why don't you come over and believe sometime? <laughs> I liked it. Anyway, ooh, long tangent about that. It's a, that he sniffs some underwear and little children, and I'm picturing you doing it like this guy in this Kate Winslet movie, which is a reference on a reference on a reference. It's going to be really hard to follow. Good luck, everyone. Okay, I would really like to watch Little Children. Um, I will put it on my list of things to watch. September 28th, day off. Everyone's gone away for the weekend. Didn't do much. Laundry. Eating all the potlu- potluck leftovers still. Everyone left, and I'm like, Ugh. great, leave me with the food. <laughs> <laughs> The fridge is full. All right, we have two more days in the month of September. We shall get through the end of this month. September 29th, uh, worked on Come Dance With Me and ran Act 1. You're vocally very tired. Such a poor baby. Um, You ran into a guy named Andy who is a new vocal director. Oh, yeah. So this is a guy from college. Um, Just a nice guy. We didn't keep in touch or anything, but I just saw him at the rehearsal studios and was like, oh, hi, you work here? He was like, yeah, you work here? I was like, yeah. So we hung out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's another guy. You said another guy from Ithaca is doing Saturday Night Fever. Oh, yeah. The amount of college friends I have that cycle through this like cruise line is... It's a good gig. Um, anyway, <laughs> this guy, who his name doesn't really matter because I don't think he'll ever come up again, but we're going to call him Barf, and I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> the My lasting memory of this guy, there was an assignment in the class to... Sh- what class? Like an acting class. Okay. You had to do a talent show of a talent or of a skill that you do not have, like something you do poorly, and you had to showcase it. <sighs> Just, Boo, I'm already like so turned off. I know, so like artsy-fartsy. Um, so his was showing love or like expressing love. Like he's bad at expressing love? Yeah. So he has to show, like do a talent show of how bad he is at this. He ate some oatmeal and drank some blue Gatorade, made himself vomit on the floor of the studio, and shaped oh, it. No. Yep, shaped it into a heart. As his way to show how bad he was at showing love. No, absolutely not. I would have asked for a tuition refund and marched my ass back home. Like, I no, no, sir. Yeah, like fully vile. Actually, to be clear, I wasn't in this class. I I don't know why. It feels so visceral to me. I'm like, I remember this. No, I remember the story because it's all that we associate with this guy at this point. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that's something dramatic and gross enough to, like, make your whole reputation in, in college. Yeah, it's funny. I literally, like, I can see it. I remember it. And I'm like, no, I for- I must have created that memory because I heard the story so much. That is truly foul, and I hate him. <laughs> okay. Uh, your friend Andy that you just ran into, the end of that night, uh, he came, or end of that day, he came over, and you guys watched Dancing with the Stars and Toy Story. Cute. Uh, and this isn't just to be clear, like a sexy friend. You weren't like trying oh, to no, like fuck him. Not at all. Okay, understood. Um, finishing up September, twenty fourteen, uh, with a very boring entry. You had rehearsal in the morning. You ate Chipotle and for lunch, and you're getting tired. 
and annoyed. I need to take a nap. Tired and annoyed, that is the most on-brand thing you've ever read. <laughs> sure is. Next time we... Uh, it feels really familiar all of a sudden, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, next time we make a podcast, I just want to call it my best friend is constantly tired and annoyed. <laughs> Anytime you're in rehearsal, that's the damn truth. I know. God, I hate to work, even if it's the work I'm dying to do. I'm a nightmare. You do seem remarkably happy during this uh this being forced to not work <laughs> time uh all right before we go uh i think we have a couple pieces of listener mail that we should uh share with the people huh yeah uh this one is a review it's just a nice review from uh someone named the smitty 16 just says a must listen these two have the best banter know how to make a heavy topic funny and do a fantastic job of sharing the love in all caps they're just reading through a journal but it's interesting huh I was really loving this for a second, but then he said it's just journal, and I don't, I mean, it's a little more than, okay, no, no, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> no, actually, that was a, a very sweet review, and he's right, it is just a journal, and I'm happy we can, uh, you know, laugh at the heavier parts of life. Yeah, thanks for those nice words, and, uh, you know, if anyone else has something nice to say, feel free to put those words down on a beautiful review, and maybe we'll read that on a future episode. Yes, please, those reviews are helpful. I also got a, a direct message from someone on my personal account about the podcast. I won't say his name because he didn't uh, tell me that I could, but um, he reached out and said, Hi Cam, just wanted to give you a shout out and thank you. Long story short, I'm from Kentucky, but now live in Canada. I have a very similar story with my family as you, and it's extremely refreshing to see that you can... Uh, to see that things can progress, even if your parents still stick to their religious jail. Love Oof. how he put that. Uh, you speaking about it on the podcast is almost therapeutic, and I thank you for that. I'm not around it much at all. Here in Canada, the stance on religion is almost as taboo as being a gay boy in the South. Wow. <laughs> I love that so much. That sounds like a beautiful utopia to me, where people just keep their religious reviews to their damn selves. But I love hearing people talk about... Um, their similar experience to mine. Not that I love to know that someone else suffered, but it is, uh, it's lovely to know that uh, your experience is not completely unique and other people have come out the other side of it. Yeah. And I love, love, love hearing from you. So thank you for that. That was really sweet of him. Although, um, I'm still waiting for my message and my personal one. <laughs> so selfish over here. No, I am kidding. That was lovely. Thank you for reaching out. Um, and that's all we have for you today. So if you would like some more of my best friend's journal, you can check us out online, uh, mybestfriendsjournal.com, where we have our merch store, all of our episodes, some info about us, all that good stuff. You can find us on Instagram and twitter at mbfj podcast and you can always email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com cam is currently <laughs> he's so excited <laughs> that i got through that whole message that he was he started with a little dance and then moved on to um fake filleting <laughs> miming sexual acts yeah uh that i'm just i'm so proud of you thank you so much that's how i express my pride all right mikey that does it for this week until next time always remember puppy pot pie it's what's for dinner oh gross <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to talk about getting pegged by Barbara on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there is a line and you just crossed it. No, sir. That's the line. Um, Good. Okay. Yeah. Write that down. Now we know. <laughs> Barbara Streisand pegging. <laughs> getting pegged by a female gay icon is not something I'm willing to discuss. <laughs>